0: Hello everyone! Before we start the episode, I want to let you know we're changing it up a little bit. Uh, You are about to hear an exclusive interview that we had with Dynamite uh, comic book creator Kyle Stark to talk about his book...
1: Where Monsters Lie. Where Monsters Lie on Dark Horse Comics. Yeah. Uh,
0: Coming out February. Uh, The FOC ends in about two weeks on January 9th, so be sure to get out there and uh pre order that book. Um we got to um do a, a preview of the first issue and it fucking slaps on so many levels. Um Vargas and I are super excited about it. Uh Kyle is really, really excited yeah, about it. As you'll hear. Yeah, it's a it's a limited series, so it's about four issues he said. Um but if it sells really well, we get the obligatory scary movie sequel. Um but more on that when the interview uh, plays in about a couple seconds. But after the interview, you'll get more of Andy and I. Uh, Mike D is out on a little mini vacation before the holiday. So while the Mike D is away, the Andy and Greg will play. Um, So enjoy this uh, interview with Kyle Stark. We had a great time. Uh, He was very kind. Our Zoom meeting dropped out like twice. So uh, (laughs) we had to get him back on Zoom like three separate times. But He was a sweetheart about it. So go uh, pre-order Where Monsters Lie right now. And buy all
1: the rest of his books.
0: Buy all of his books. Sex Castles, The Seven Sidekicks of Trigger Keaton, uh, Rick and Morty. Like so many books out there that Kyle has written. And um, they're all fantastic. So go out there and get them now. Um, So without further ado, here is the interview. Welcome, everyone, to the first issue club. We have a very special uh, episode right now. We are joined by a favorite creator of the club. He has written many books that you have enjoyed called Rick and Morty, Assassination, Candy Mountain, Sex Castle, and I Hate This Place, or I fucking Hate This Place, depending on uh, how naughty you get. Uh,
2: Kyle Starks. Welcome, hey, Kyle Starks. Me. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm real excited to be here.
0: We are super excited for you. This is actually our second Zoom attempt because we talked too long about other nerd stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah, join the Patreon if you want those. <laughs> 20 Patreon. bucks a month and you get yeah. the extended cut. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? Uh, who here, knows what we talked about?
0: Yeah, it could be... <laughs> what you know, secrets get, were shared? He could have given his PIN code to his uh, bank account or the secret to life.
2: <laughs> Maybe. 20 bucks, Maybe you I find did. Out. Yeah.
0: Uh, We're here to talk about Where Monsters Lie out in February from Kyle. Um, Kyle, we were gracious enough to get a preview of this, and um, I'm a big comedy fan, and Andy here is a big horror fan. And the moment we ended reading the preview, we were like, We have to have Kyle on almost immediately to talk <laughs> yeah. about this because um, it was really a-, a story we have never seen before in any kind of medium.
2: Yeah, they put that on the marketing material right there. Yeah, no on the front cover like or the before. back, wherever you want to put us, really. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. I I, I say a lot, like, I, I'm always trying to, my, in, one of my things I endeavor to do is to make something that seems like something someone hasn't seen before,
3: right. but
2: always feels very familiar. It always feels, it doesn't feel niche or, uh, it's very inclusionary. That's probably not a word. But, um, so not. I, what, so that's why, yeah, it, it feels like something new. I know it's getting a lot of like cabin of the woods reference because there's sort of, I guess there's sort of a meta horror thing to it. Um hmm. I don't I don't know how much I roll with that, but I get it. It's hard to <laughs> sometimes it's hard to make comparisons of things, and we all like comparisons when we're trying to sell something or to know if we like something.
0: Well, I mean, I, I honestly couldn't compare it to anything else. I mean, I, I wouldn't say Cabin of the Woods. I think it's far beyond its own thing in its own realm of imagination and ingenuity. And it's it's great because like I was talking with Andy about it, and it's really kind of a book that you would have uh, a conversation with your friend after you saw like a horror movie of just like what would happen if this, yes, if this happened in a world yeah. and like you just took every bar conversation in the world and wrote and wrote it down and it's it's so good.
2: Yeah. Every what if Chucky knew Jason? What would that be like? Right. Yeah. Like, what if they um,
0: got brunch? <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's what I, I, there's a lot of things. So, I mean, the gist of the book is uh, for listeners is it's, there's a gated community for slasher monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things like, where do they go between movies? Like where are all these guys is like, do they just stand in the woods waiting for three years till they get the urge again? Um, and I really like the idea of it being a little bit more organized than that. So there's a gated community that's filled with these slasher villains who are sort of waiting for their, their next marching order, so to speak. Sure. Um, and the dramatic conclusion of the first issue is that a, a survivor, a two-time slasher monster survivor, now special agent, now uh, has, has located this community mm-hmm. through uh, some some events and has came to get his revenge. And so that, I think all the things that sort of interest me um, is is I like crossovers. I, yeah. I've, I've realized, because I've been writing horror now for a couple of years, Mm-hmm. Um, instead of just you know straight comedy I've been writing horror and I think like I'm really latching on to the things that attract me to the horror genre there's a lot early where I'd say oh horror and comedy are they're both very similar they're pacing and they're set up and sure you know uh, the punchlines are murders and horror <laughs> um, and that's true and like that's why I think I can do it with some sort of like I'm like why do I like it so much and there's also you know comedy and horror both intrinsically make you feel things like you have right. a, a visceral reaction to them but I really do like slasher movies the best. Like I really like it when there's just a guy who has like I don't know, like an umbrella and he's going around and murdering <laughs> with the I. umbrella. Yeah, with the umbrella. Like he's got a shtick, you know. And I realized like as I was working on this book and more promoting it, less writing on it, more working. It. Like I, it's, I think that's the superhero fan in me. I love. Really. I love someone in a funny costume who's got like a bit they do. <laughs> like this one throws a shield and this one has claws. Yeah. I, it's a battle of good and evil. And I think i just really like characters i really like a strong character mm-hmm. and i think that's why i like slasher movies so much um and so yeah so the gated community is almost primarily sort of tropes familiar trope characters i think in many ways um but i also was like like and i i can't say it in the marketing but like this the special agent to me is if um if like if like freddie killed martha and wayne kent instead mm-hmm. of you know what i mean like if if instead of just like instead of like a burglar if like batman's like i'm going to train my mind and body to kill slasher monsters
0: Mm -hmm. um which would be a great premise for the dark knight
2: yeah yeah but i stole it too bad too bad (laughs) it's in where monsters lie in many ways Um, copyright yeah so it's like it's just a lot of things that really interest me and i think that's always you know the best way to tell a story is to be like what what would i like to see answered in a way that's entertaining Yeah.
0: So when so when you set out to write the book, were you primarily focused on making it a horror book and then evolved into kind of a, a cheeky, dark comedy thing? Or or did you have that in mind when you started it?
2: Um, so one of the things I so this is a whole conversation, um, <laughs> like I would never call I hate this place comedic. I wouldn't be like, that's a comedy, though. I think some people have been said, oh, it's laugh out loud hilarious. I'm like, really? Like, that's weird to me. <laughs> um but it's like I made I made characters I made characters that are charming and likable because the more charming and likable somebody is the more you worry about them the more you want them not to get hurt
3: mm-hmm. and I
2: think some of that comes across as humor I also think like I think the best things have a little bit of everything in them um like my favorite funny movie things are like when Schwarzenegger does a pun and then drops someone off of a cliff like I think that's funnier <laughs> than any Austin Powers bit um because it's like it's not where it's supposed to be but I think the best things have everything so like this is the type of thing like we, we're like I'm like don't like, I, I'm learning comedy is a bad word in comics, and I understand that because, um, well, you said you're a comedy fan, so I think you'll get comedy For many people subjective. Um, sure. I think there are a few people, uh, Chip Zdarsky, Mark Russell, me, um, Ryan Brown, who objectively yeah. do good comedy. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is, like, if you're objectively doing it well, then it will speak to everyone in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, which is I mean you do high, you do high comedy, low comedy. Get, you know, you put all of it in there, and that's how you do There's it. There's well. a
0: spectrum of comedy, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. And you want to cover all of it if you really wanted to speak to a broad amount of people. And again, that's what I'm saying. I want everything to feel familiar. I want it to be,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, you know, I want everyone to feel like they can read it. But I think people are burned so many times in comics when they're like, "It's hilarious." Here's the new hilarious Marvel series. And you're like, "It wasn't funny. It was actively <laughs> not funny." That people don't want to buy comedy. So we're like, "We're not calling it comedy. Is it humorous? For sure." I promise it gets less and less humorous because um, that's kind of how I like do things. Like you start things off light and then you get serious. Yeah. Um, so my intention was, so basically going into the pandemic, I'm, we were talking about six sidekicks earlier. It's like a perfect example. I'm doing this book. I'm not selling more copies, which I don't understand. It's like now I'm with a bigger publisher. I'm doing objectively better books. And it's because like people don't want to read comedy. People go, oh, it's hilarious. You should check it out. And people go, no, I, that doesn't work for me. I think some people don't like comedy also. Like that's not what they want to ingest. They don't want someone to try to make them laugh um, I think it feels like bullying, maybe like laughing. um, but in comics, for sure, like, if you look at I mean, 8 Billion genies is an exception, which is i I read the first issue. I didn't think it was particularly hilarious. So I don't know. Like, sure, just yeah. seemed like a good just seemed like a good comic book to me.
0: I, I, I agree with that, yeah,
2: so I think like there's like how rare it is for a comedy book. um, sex criminals, no one was like, it's so fucking funny.. You, oh. I don't know what the You can cuss person, all you want. Okay, we're, we're uh, a cussing show. But you know, Sex was hilarious. But no one was like, "You should read this book." It's so hilarious. You know what I mean? Even though it, like that's yeah. what it was. Um, I hate Fairyland. I remember a retailer once was like, "Oh, we sell a ton of that." I'm like, "Oh, you don't have because it's comedy," and they're like, "They're like, oh, I never say it's comedy. I never think of it that way." And I'm like, "Yeah, because it's a bunch of different things, right?" Mm-hmm. So, so going into the pandemic, I had two editors. I had uh, a big name. And like they're like, "Do don't do comedy for the next one." Like that's what you should do. And I was like, "Yeah, maybe I'm done doing comedy." Because it's just not, I'm not getting more readers, which is all I care about. Um, So I did, I hate this place, which again, I didn't write it as a comedy, though the characters are charming. And I think some things are just unavoidably me and my voice at this point, that it's going to be a little funny.
3: Uh
2: Um, But like, I'm not going to do comedy. But then I did, I was like, you know what? If my legacy is only like 4,000 people laughed at my thing, like, that's pretty good. (laughs) I can live with that. So it was, some of this book was, I still want to do horror. I want to step away from just doing sort of action comedies. Mm-hmm. Um old my book Old Head is very much a horror comedy. But I'd say this one, it has comedic elements and certainly the first issue has comedy to it, but I wouldn't call it a comedy. Um, right. I think it's just a good book that and all it has scary things in it, has dramatic things in it. It'll sort of cover the base. Um, yeah. but it is funnier than I hate this place, and that's not an accident. I just I, <laughs> I think books I just want to be entertain I just want to entertain people. That's my, my all I want is for people to go uh, to close the book and be like that was fun. Like that yeah. was fun, it was based on my time. I enjoy I, this world is terrible and awful. And for however long it took for you to read that comic, uh, you enjoyed yourself, and you were taken away. Mm. And hopefully, you laugh a couple times, or hopefully, you jump. Maybe you cry. Probably not this one. There's not a lot of crying in this, but <laughs> um, there's no there's no place to cry in Where Monsters Lie. But hopefully, you just want people to go on a good ride. Like I'm really wanting to give people sort of a roller coaster. So, well, yeah,
0: I think you've done that because, like, um, it's it's kind of this brilliant, outlandish idea of, like you said, where do these villains go when they're done? Ah, uh, doing their killing, and they go to this you know unique gated community uh, that is ran by we assume former villains or murderers. Sure, absolutely. And I think it 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 sparks a, a fun conversation of just like how do these villains not kill one another while they're in the gated community? It's just like well, they're off duty now. They're just like trying to yeah. just like rehab. It, it-
2: in the first issue they also like established cuz someone breaks one of the primary rules of the gaming uh-huh. community mm-hmm. um which is you cannot do your murders here like no you, this is this is our safe place and you can't mess with that so it's like you can't there's three rules but i only remember two because i wrote this book a while ago which is you can't do your murders here and you mm-hmm. can't kill another person you can't kill one of the other like uh residents of the, uh, yeah. of of Wilmhurst um, and there's another one but I can't remember it's, it's, it's probably uh, I think
0: here. one is just like a, how you take care of your trash like it's like an yeah, HOA sure. <laughs> thing
2: yeah there's still HOA rules they still take it pretty seriously <laughs> Which I, like, I, like, again like, like you know Chucky's like hanging out with a human person like it, are, they have to be watching cable you know what I mean like yeah. they, it, it's like a year between movies like kayfabe it's a year between movies right so mm-hmm. what are they doing I don't know I think it, I thought I, I like the idea of them like the domestication aspect of it sure um, like, you know, hey, we all go home and take our UPS delivery shirt off, you know, yep. and then we're somebody else. But also, they are all monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, for I Hate This Place, which is my Skybound series, Um, the second arc starts next year, Um, neither here nor there. But one of the things, like, it's, it's basically this ranch that's filled with the worst possible things. Like, there's monsters, there's lights in the sky, there's murder ghosts, there's some sort of, and, like, these are all terrible things. But something that really interested me was the worst thing on that property is the human man who's just trying to find, like the bank robber who's trying to find his money, right? Like, right. So one of the things that like, I was really interested in Where Monsters Lie is a theme to me, which is like, um, I feel like bad guys aren't bad guys anymore. Like, does it make sense? Where you're like, the thing is like, oh no, there's still bad guys. Like, mm-hmm. And not only the bad guys, like there are worse things than these guys. Um, so Where Monsters Lie deals like a lot, like they seem like, oh, ha ha ha, like at the beginning you're gonna be like, oh, look, it's funny. <laughs> no, but they're take evil as shit. Out. Yeah, but he like that's a murder clown. Like that's a murder <laughs> clown. And like at the once at the end of issue 1, like I said the, the spoilers. The end of issue 1 is is they the cops show up. The cops are in a special yeah. agent show up, And the next three issues is going to be them fu- killing cops, right? It's going to be just like this this thing, like this violent thing and um
0: yeah. Well, and we get so, some like, uh, a preview of some of the death scenes pretty early on in the comics when the kids are escaping from the the puzzle villain and they're they're fucking brutal. Yeah. They're they're Dude, crazy like... intense.
2: Pyotr Kowalski um uh he he was brought in yeah and he yeah. Yeah, he does some messed up stuff. Were
0: were you just I, like I, go wild with however you want to do it.
2: I feel like I feel like so there's a the character's I gets poked out with a knitting needle. I think yeah, on like yeah. page two. And I think I wrote that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I wrote that. But when I saw it, I kind of regretted that I I regretted oh, no. that I wrote it, you know? I like that's grizzly and he has a lot of that um, someone gets hit with a spoiler. Uh, spoilers someone gets hit with a claw hammer in one issue fuck yeah and th- the way piotr draws it is there's like a row of teeth like a line of teeth. uh-huh and I'm like, my guy like that's <laughs> that's messed up but he's really i mean he's is really good at that stuff yeah um he's great piotr was an, uh, so professional such a dream to work with uh i think he did a great job Uh, yeah, he's great to work with. Hopefully, hopefully, there's more where monsters lie on the road, or more work with Peeta. He was great, but he's really good. at There's some grisly stuff. Um, and I I, all it's all the bouncing, right? Like for every like little for the joke about trash cans, like there's also someone getting their eyes poked out. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And I think there's some there's some drama stuff that comes around.
1: That's definitely, I think, what makes it. You know, you were saying you didn't write it with intentionally comedic overtones, but the juxtaposition is. Yeah. yeah, certainly a big element in what makes it so comedic because yeah, yeah page two has an, an eyeball on a knitting needle and then page four has hey your trash cans are out of code right. like that's you, inherently like why you at a funeral it's I, just like yeah you know, and,
2: and i said i think i think it's like i think by the time like i he's he's drawing issue four now so i just got issue three maybe a couple of weeks before we went into promoting it so mm-hmm. and I, I finished issue three which i wrote again beginning of the year. I mean. And I live in books. Like, I, we, we did this speech, or we did an interview with the New York Public Library, Chris and I, about Six Sidekicks. And I had to go read, I, like, I don't remember the character names, because like, I live in the moment. I, like, I'm, I spent all that energy with Six Sidekicks, and I'm there for when I write it, and I come back again when I promote it, and then these books are gone forever, for, unless, you know, I hope not. But in many mm-hmm. ways, like, it's a very timely media, right?
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, I live in these books. So now like, so I got issue three letters art I'm like man it's really good and it's like one that is the best feeling
0: <laughs> when it all comes together' Because
2: like, when, yeah. when I wrote it I felt like it was good <laughs> but it's been so long so I think like it's because it's a four issue series it I think you'll see is like yes for sure the first issue is pretty funny but when you read the whole thing I think the level of violence and horror um and it's it's not like for for I hate this place I really did like to me scary things I'm doing air quotes um I, I this is to me uh, intellectually frightening are like these monsters you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I where monsters lie is very much like you know these things like you recognize these things you know how dangerous they are so it's really more of da- a horror of danger and gore um but I think when you read because it does and all my books really I think if you look at sex castle or if you look at Rocky Mountain, they always start very funny and it's like, I want, people to be, I want people to be sort of enraptured by these characters. I want mm-hmm. them to want to spend more time with these characters and see they're funny. But like, they, things get serious. And I think that's that's the best comedy stories are really that way. It's yeah. like, when it's time to get serious, it's serious. So that juxtaposition is like the word. I think when you read all four issues together, it, which is one setting, it's one place, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's one event that sort of unfolds over four days. You'll very much get that like, oh horror movie like is a horror movie yeah um where the first issue is like the opening scene of a horror movie where mm-hmm. it's and i think is that like, horror movies are funny they're they, oh yeah like, oh yeah inherently yeah yeah, yeah. there's very often humorous um and so i think like I, said, I just i think it feels very familiar but different than anything you've seen um for sure yeah that's really what my i endeavored for so
0: well it's crazy because like you tackle the the uh the point in like all these uh villainous stories of like they have these like elaborate traps set up and like everyone has like a unique costume. And just like, where does okay. that stuff come from? And it's, it's from places like this in your book. And it's like, it's so great that you answered that question kind of effortlessly, like in a few panels, you're like,
2: Holy shit, that's a
0: great idea. Yeah.
2: yeah. I, I think some of, some of, especially for this book, it was very much me. I think like, again, this goes back to, to sort of the superhero thing. When you really, really like something mm-hmm. the way that we do, like you think past the thing, right? Yeah. Like you think, past just like what you see on the page when you're given i think that's a lot of like shipping and fan fiction mm-hmm. i think it's this drive to be like i really like this i want to know more i want to see more and so i was, I, I watch a lot of horror movies i go through phases where i'll watch everything as mm-hmm. um and it's just like like i said like does chucky go to the grocery store with her like i was watching <laughs> saw like literally watching saw and it, there's the there's like a, a head thing that splits your like there's the jaw splitting thing like, did the Sawman make that? Right. Because if the Sawman went to Lowe's, it yeah. was like, or if I Or fucking had these... to
0: Google how to make it. Like,
2: they would trip or, off the FBI. Like, he still had to go get the supplies. It seems like he'd be easy to find, right? <laughs> He's the only guy who bought these specific motors. Mm-hmm. It's like, so there's little things like that. Like, when I, I watched the Sawman movies, yeah. and I think he doesn't seem like real engineering. No. It doesn't seem like that's His strength seems to be, be like weird ideas and right. being mean. It doesn't, you never see him like soldering for fun. No, or
0: like writing schematics or anything. Yeah. It's just like- You
2: never see anything in the background. Like there's not in the background, like his, the layout for the warehouse. No. Or like, what, like how did, he had to get the warehouse. He had to be yeah. in the warehouse long enough to dig the razor blade pit.
0: He and had like, to rent it out somewhere.
2: Yeah. Or like how, they, how they're dead. At the end of a movie, they're dead. And then the cop is like, we finally got him. And they're like, we got who? And they look back and the body's just gone. Uh-huh. Like, what happened? <laughs> Where did they go? And it's like though well, these guys, these guys are sort of hanging around, you know. Right. Uh, so it's like it's like a it's like, a, it, it's like
0: a, a a family really, not to get too fast and furious, but it be, it's like I it's even, a, it's a even, group effort. I think
2: it becomes that. I think it becomes that because it's it's less of like everyone's sharing the same break room, right? It's more of like <laughs> yeah, everyone yeah. sort of has to respect. You have to respect the mindless death juggernaut. The next mm-hmm. house over, he mm-hmm. doesn't want to be left alone. Um, it like doesn't funny. matter if his
0: Christmas lights are up. Just leave him alone. Yeah, leave
2: him. Leave him alone. Um. Yeah, and stuff like that. I I think that's part of writing is part of is me go is someone going. I wonder what the deal like trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, you have to figure out a way that's a that's a story, right? It's not just like I could simply just go. Oh, you know what? I bet I bet there's a service. I bet there's like monster Uber, like (laughs) only they have it. It's like there's a movie. Um. Oh my god. Uh. Uh, you're horror guy. You're gonna know the one. Um. I want to say it's called, it's the mask of.
1: Oh, Leslie Vernon.
2: Leslie Vernon. And like, there's, I I think like that was like, that's a great sort of meta horror movie where he's like, he's like, listen, you know, it looks like I'm walking slow. You got to practice this. Like you got to practice this. And I, I love like, for, for me as a, as a horror guy and a story guy, I love that movie. I think it's so good. And because a lot of it is like, it answers these questions. It's like how there's, they have a network, you know, like he talks to this guy who used to be, he's retired now, but he was great at it. Um, like that sort of stuff is really interesting to me. So it's like, you do it in a way that there's a story. Um, and I was like, my thing was, was, wouldn't this be a great setting? This, the, this sort of mm-hmm. gated community for monsters. I'm like, isn't that interesting? You're like, oh, they, they could be mad at each other. There could be some sort of monster tussle, right? Um, and there's there's that in there. I think that's set up in issue one where like a couple of the monsters clearly would not be able to coexist with the type of slasher monsters they are. Um, but I'm like, that's not as interesting to me as as something being worse than them, like something that even they would be scared of, showing up and putting an end to this probably like, and then what happens, what happens when they no longer have like this one place. Mm-hmm. Um, so like like the that's the story, it at one. To, yeah. Yeah, so like at the beginning, we spent all our time with these, these slashers t- having HOA violations and um, like it, who's the monster here at the end, right? Like who's at the end of issue one, like who's the actual monster? And then yeah. in issue two, who's the actual monster? Is it the guy who should be the good guy? Or is he going to be killing all these these people we really like now, like who we're sort of fond of for different yeah. reasons?
0: Well, it um, goes back. You you made these killing monsters charming, and so now we care for them, yeah. and we want them to, to uh, continue their mayhem. And so when the cops show up, we're like, "Boo, fuck them! Like, we'll let them live so they can kill."
2: Yeah, but they're monsters.
0: <laughs>
3: they're, <laughs> I, they're all I monsters.
1: Also, I also desperately want to see the assault on Precinct Thirteen. Yeah, but with slashers like yeah I'm that's all in on that's this. this
2: and that's an, like I, I really like those i like th- that specific movie um i like those type of stories and very much wanted to do something i want to do a storm in the castle um i kind of did it with kill them all which is like a reverse die hard
3: right um
2: but I, that's something that i also i really like the idea there i'm i'm very family oriented in all my stuff it's really a subtext to most of my stuff which is family or how far family will go Mm-hmm. also very much like this is this is our home like no matter who we are this is our home right i think that's really interesting um well
0: it's yeah like their I think, community man, they, they want to protect their community and... you
2: you want to protect your community but also your community is full of outright murders <laughs> so, right. yeah it's
0: just the worst of the worst yeah. but yeah so
2: know. there's like there's there's that but also like imagine how dangerous it is if you're like i'm going to go break up this community of literal slasher murderers <laughs> right um uh, how do you do that are you able yeah. to do that um, and each I think each that... with
0: their own specific skill on how to kill you, yeah, and like systematically take you all out. It's yes. like the best version of Home Alone.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I think, and I think, like, I think at the end of issue two, because the characters, all the characters get established a little bit more. You mm-hmm. get that. Oh, so like this guy, like I said, he's basically Batman. Um, like, oh, Batman's going to face Jason at some point, right? <laughs> like, I can't wait to see what happens when he comes across like. Like, him fighting Knife Guy, you're like, well, sure. And I think, like, you'll have, like, that sort of, like, you're looking forward to seeing these characters interact, like, different characters interact. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm a pride of that book, man. I think it's really good. I, I think, you know, again, I'm trying to be more and more... Um, less niche feeling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want people to go... Um, I people go oh that's a good idea I want to check it out and I think we're monsterized that I think it's a really good book I think people really like it horror is doing so well in comics right now that I think it's sort of a door in itself for people trying new things that they wouldn't have tried probably five right. years ago um, and you know you hope people read something and then they go oh I like this guy's stuff I'll read something else and they'll read I hate this place and then they go oh, I really like that maybe they'll read Rock Candy Mountain or they'll read Sex Castle or uh, Mars Attacks which I think is a great series that we did that right, yeah, yeah. No, no one no one's read because it's Dynamite and it's Mars Attacks <laughs> Uh, so yeah fingers (laughs) crossed man fingers crossed people are going to be into it I think they will I like that you are
0: are pushing this book as um, a gateway drug to other stuff that you wrote of just like if you love this which I know you are you're going to really love this other stuff
2: I mean for sure uh, like I said everything I make I want uh, want everyone on earth to read it and now everyone on earth won't like it a lot of them can't read anyway because they're probably babies um, (laughs) and babies don't have the brain capacity to read um i'm not saying necessarily i want everyone to like it but i think i think objectively i make good things that aren't being read i mean that's factual. i think that's fact i can factually i can say things aren't being they're not being read but i think it's because of like things are so often pushed as comedy and comedy is a turnoff it's like man Mm -hmm. whatever like star wars is funny no one calls it a comedy right you know what i mean Right. Um, yeah. And like that's where I'm at. I, I think that's where I've always been at. Because I'm not doing like Pratt Paul. It's, it's yes, it's funny dialogue. Yes, the characters are ridiculous, but mm-hmm. so is Han Solo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and so like I think so it's like I'm trying to I'm but, but anyway, so I'm trying to sort of recontextualize how I'm seen. Um because yeah. I think there's a lot of publishers are like he's the Rick and Morty guy because we sold a lot of books. Mm-hmm. Um and I think for some people who don't know oh, like, oh, he's the Rick and Morty like, I didn't like Rick and Morty which everyone does, which you, that's fine. You don't, if you want to stand on your own and be a unique individual <laughs> who doesn't like things people like. Um, but I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? So like, there's different things I'm trying to contextualize myself in a different way. But like the most important thing to me is, is I want enough people to 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 acquire Where Monster Lies so I can make another book of Dark Horse, right? Mm-hmm. But more than that, I still want people to read Sex Castle because I think Sex Castle is a great book. It's I still incredible. want people to read *Rocky Mountain and Six Side of Sugar Keaton and a yeah. Set* because I think they're really good books. And I'm uh, I'm i uh, I'm I'm a '90s kid, and I think for the for the majority of '90s nerds, we were very much if you find one thing you like, you find other things you like by those people. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know if that's as true as it used to be. Um, I don't know if people are like like if Wes Anderson put out a movie, he put out his third movie today, or you know, uh, like I I saw Bottle Rock in the theater, but if I right. hadn't seen it when I saw Rushmore, which I was blown away by, I would have sure. sought it out. Right? I'd be like, oh my god, he has another movie, um, and I don't. I don't know if that's how it works anymore. And that could be a lot of, you know, binge culture and just how like we we acquire things differently. Mm-hmm. It's not as difficult to acquire things. Um, back then you'd have to find some place to rent it, you know, right. you have to go it's to the dirty drive video there. store. <laughs> yeah. yeah, You'd have to go to the dirty video store because Blockbuster doesn't have like this indie <laughs> movie. No. Um, and like, there's a lot of that. So for me, like I very much, I'm like, if I like, um, like I, what was the first like, probably mind management. Like, I read mind management. I thought it was great. And because I like that, I read Pistol Whip. I read, I went, I look at all the Matt Ken stuff because I like right. it. And that's how I operate. Like, if I read something I like, I will find as many things by that person. Um, I know that we were talking about uh, the guys who make plush and I'm like, oh, I like, I really want to check out, If I want to like it because I want to see the other stuff, but I read right. some of it. Right. Um, So that's, yes, yeah, 100%. I'm not just trying to sell a Monsters Lie. I <laughs> want to wear a Monsters Lie to sell every other book I've made because I think one i think i'm a type of unique voice that's a very pretentious thing to say but i don't think i don't think there are comics like mine um it, across the board I, like, right. I think there are things that have parts of them um and there's probably some things that do a lot of stuff i do better i don't know what they are matt fraction probably um but he does better than everybody so what are you going to do <laughs> um but yeah i'm trying to sell everything i don't want to sell one book i want people to be like i really like that i want to read all these books
0: Right. When, and, and... The
2: make a movie out of it, I just want to just buy the, buy more books, buy all my books because they're good. And it's not because I like, uh, I mean, I want the money desperately, but it's like, sure. I don't I want, I want, I say people, I know people who like, like, especially imagine like, oh, I had this idea for a thing and it just never happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> I hate that. I, I don't like that because I'm not coming up with these ideas for the void and I'm not coming, like, I very much make the thing that I want to exist in the world. And that's how I make it the way I make it. It's like, oh, I like it like this, right? It's like, I'm not making it just for me. I'm not like, right. I don't want to put it in a, I don't want to put the, oh, that idea that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, if I put the energy into coming up with a fully fledged idea, like I, it went, I must exist because it was a good enough idea to put all my energy into. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not making anything for the void. And I think a lot about legacy. Um, my comic book, Old Head, is very much about that. Like, mm-hmm. if you're never the thing, what are you? But I think about like, you know, assassination was, I'm really like four years ago. Who talks mm-hmm. about assassination now? Almost nobody. Like, that's too bad. I got a character named Fuck Tarkington in that book. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Eric Anderson does some amazing art in that book. It's pretty good.
0: And he looks great in overalls, by the way.
2: He <laughs> looks so good. Uh, so the other thing I think I think about this stuff a lot, but yeah, I'm not trying to sell. I I don't ever want to sell one book. I want to sell all my books, um, because I think so they're that, all good. Is that like it like a
0: driving force for you? Like you 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 have this little nest egg of an idea, and you're just like, this is going to get made. It is so like ready for consumption that it just it, it has to.
2: Y- yes. Especially with with this book, because mm-hmm. um, I had a couple of pub- this book specifically. I had a couple of publishers who asked me for pitches after sort of the success of Six Sidekicks. I did air quotes again because it didn't make any money. Um, but a lot of people were saying like, "Oh, you should pitch something." And at the time, I think Fear Street was coming out on Netflix, and Fear Street does something similar, where there's a bunch of different monsters that come around. Oh, really? and' okay. that, I never, you know, just, That's it. very much the I think like the initial seed of me going like there was like three so, like there. Did you see the Fear Streets by any chance? Yeah. There's like there's like a period where there's like three different serial killer monsters sort of and I and whatever I was like I was like what if they were all together what if there's a team up you know what I mean like (laughs) what if they're all in the same place what if they're on a team and I'm like oh uh," like oh I love this idea I love this idea and very much it's like oh it could never happen because you know if someone wanted to do it in real life because you put all these sort of ropes together it would be so it'd be be impossible right yeah um but I can do whatever I want because I can just call a character it's not those characters it's similar but so is a thousand slasher monsters. Right. Totally. There's a hundred slasher. I'm doing you'll you'll see what I'm getting because there's there's ten puzzle guys. You know what I mean? Not there's not <laughs> just one puzzle guy. There's ten. <laughs> yeah. like, you get it. Um so that was very much a thing. And at the time I pitched it to two places and I'm like, this will be good. It it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be scary. It's gonna really I think people who love horror are mm-hmm. gonna really enjoy the romp of it, the ride of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and I'm like this is a good idea. It does this question about what kind of monster is the worst monster? What is evil? What yeah. drives evil? Like are all evil people, are they just evil or are they mm-hmm. like all these really interesting things that happen, but also it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a giant dog. You know what I mean? I said, there's <laughs> a giant dog and uh, the giant dog's name is Baffle Mutt.
1: Hell yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Um. So, so the first two publishers passed on it. One of them just didn't get it clearly. I think yeah. the other one was like, like you can't like these characters ex- exist. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, you don't get it. Like, it's satire you yeah you, not those characters right so i was like i got that so i mean i was very much like so with dark horse because i'm friends with matt kent and matt's doing very well dark horse he's like just, take, just talk to dark horse and i was like okay i'd love to work with dark horse which i would i'd like dark horse uh dark horse has made so many comics i adore right and uh so i did and they got it They're Like, oh yeah it's great we're gonna do it so that's an example like this was the book i wanted to make like and i very much live in the moment um so if i have like multiple books happening it's very challenging for me because right. I have to kind of switch back and forth, and I have to refine sort of the, the mental place where I live in these characters, and I live, um, I live with them. Now that being said, like I haven't done Where Monsters Live forever. It is a horror movie. I'd love to do a sequel. I already know what the sequel is, right? I would. I but, think
3: it,
0: it lends itself to that quite easily. Yeah, yeah.
2: It, it needs to have a sequel just because it's a horror movie.
1: I, <laughs> but, I think you need to. I think you need to get in touch with uh, Tim Seeley and do a hack slash crossover.
2: Maybe I like Tim. Tim's all right. <laughs> He loves doing those squash crossovers, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Uh, he just had that kid kill all my kids, though. That doesn't seem fair. <laughs> is it, he's he's seem overpowered, like a, I guess. Yeah. That doesn't seem like a fair arrangement. <laughs> what if I can get him to have my kids kill his kids? Mm. Uh, maybe, put all the kids'
0: names in a hat. And is then Hack Dark
2: Horse? Is Hack Slash Dark Horse? It's not, right? It's image. Uh, They'll no, never happen. Foiled. Yeah. Dream dead. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'd like to do a sequel, but at, at the same point, like I can see it. But I'm not stepped, I, I can see all the parts, but I'm not living it yet. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's another example. Like, is that a book that I, I would very much like to do? Yeah. But in the comics, modern comics landscape, mm-hmm. that's not me just wanting to do something that doesn't decide it exists. Right. So right. I very much like to, I like to live in it. I like beginning, middle and end. Um I hate this place at Skybound was ostensibly an ongoing. So I, I lived in that differently. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not an ongoing anymore. So it's like, I've had to adjust a lot of things for that book, which hurts mm-hmm. my brain because i I was living in it differently, um, mm-hmm. so, so, yeah, so that's the answer. So if I get an idea and I have probably like I don't have a like a list of like twenty ideas of things I'd like to do. I think I've listed like five things, and some of them are like some of them, I know them but like if i I will eventually get to that. That's mm-hmm, not yeah. a today book. and those those ideas are like pushed to the top because like these might not happen, and it won't break my heart. But <laughs> if I have an idea that i'm i I have three. I have three pitches out right now. Two, two were approved. And oh. each three are kind of different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see all of them. So they're happening, but I can I kinda kind of, one of them was one that was at the top of that list. I was like, eventually I will do this. Eventually someone will say yes to this. Um, and so like that's how it works. So I'm not I'm not like constantly coming up with new ideas. What'll happen is I'll I'll do the ideas I want to do, and I will I will advance them until they happen. Um because <laughs> I have, I have the unfair advantage of worst case scenario. I can draw it and kickstart it. Yeah. Um, but some, some ideas, my art's not suited to that's where I'm kind of at creatively now. Um, if the story wouldn't, the story would suffer from my art in some ways. Um, and those are factors that are starting to become more and more because people want my writing more, no one wants my art, you know, not really. No one, no (laughs) one's like, please draw Kyle, Kyle, please draw a comic for us. Um, I check your
0: email. They may be asking for you.
2: They are are not. They (laughs) are not. Occasionally, I get some. I get some. Some sort of you know, uh, indie writer wanting to break in. Wants to know if I will. I'm like, "Mm, I don't like drawing my comics. That's not true. I love drawing my (laughs) comics, but um, I like. I also like those projects just to be my project. I don't have editors. I don't have page counts. Um, But yeah, I I really I really fixate. and if it's something, this book, I was like, like worst case scenario, I was so excited about it when I was pitching it, like I'll just draw it and I'll do a Kickstarter, like whatever. Mm-hmm. I did not want to draw it because there's there's several scenes, and this goes back to how good a Piotr is too. Um, there are several scenes that I wouldn't have been able to get the gravitas of. It wouldn't be scary enough, and I could yeah. see when when you first see the giant, you don't see him for three issues. By spoilers, it's a giant dog. They <laughs> say his name in issue one. They say his name. They in do issue yes. One. Yeah. When you see that dog first appear. I saw that in my head um, uh-huh. and Korowski, it's perfect. It's exactly <laughs> it's what I awesome. saw. You know what I mean? And the thing is like, if I drew it, you I feel like if I drew it because my art is cartoony, you'd go, Oh, intellectually, I see what happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I did. I also have this, I have a issue of creep show coming out this month from skybound. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did an issue with Fran Galan, who is incredibly talented. And I wrote this sort of complicated, like, I think a, like authentically scary scene that I wrote. And I saw it because like, oh, do you have any ideas? And I'm like, you know what I do? And as I wrote it, I, I was telling Chris Weitzer, who's who drawn two of my books and colored three of my books is my best friend and virtual student. I'm like, I'm like, it's going to be, it's going to be a challenging page because I can see it and it's terrifying. Right. And I do a lot of that book in narration, which I've never done before. And when we got those pages back, Fran Galan, it's perfect it's exactly what it should be right but if i drew it you'd be like well i get it i intellectually see what <laughs> i get happening.
0: what you did there but <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah
2: i see i understand but you wouldn't be like oh that's creepy and i think piotr like there's several bits and he does does like i i want to do spoilers so bad because i'm so stoked like we're getting issue four and basically there's well it's kind of set up in number one basically the saw man um he's not getting he's not getting to go do murders anymore because he's not he's not giving them good plans
3: yeah, um, right. Yeah, yeah. And they
2: say they say like they are particularly like phallic based and probably not uh, mortal. Like they're probably don't actually kill people. Yeah. So there's one of these traps shows up in issue four. <laughs> and Piotr drew it in a way where it is pretty funny. It's like it's messed up and it's funny at the same time
3: mm-hmm.
2: because of the nature of the trap. And it's also like it's when I wrote it, I drew like a little I'm like, oh, just kind of we're gonna imply the trap. You
3: mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah
2: we're going to imply it and you know to time passes and the artist and he's like no he kind of just drew this <laughs> he, <laughs> he just full-on did it that's great <laughs> yeah and and like i could never do that you know what i mean like it just wouldn't work so uh, right so yeah i think I, I think i changed it so far away from the question but hopefully no, i made hopefully i made people more excited about where monsters lie from dark World I, I hope everyone coming is out super, in february
0: I, I, we read this and we're fucking geeking out the whole yeah. time of just like the prospects of where it could go. And like what you've set up in issue one is just like so masterful. Like all the questions you ask, I'm just like, and when the cops show up at the end, like you said, you're just like, Oh fuck. Like
2: it's it, about to go down. It just, yeah. Well, yeah. From like six to to midnight. Down. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's what we love to hear. We love to yeah, hear. And so,
0: <laughs> I mean, I hope this makes so much money and you get to do your horror sequel. Uh I think the FOC hasn't come out yet, so you can still pre-order it. Yeah. Uh, I will see it's
2: January 9th.
0: January 9th. Perfect. Yeah. So get out there yes. and order like two copies.
2: At Maybe least three. Well, there's, I'm going to tell you, I, like, you know, it's a variant country. It's a variant cover world now. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were, you know, whenever these guys are like, oh, who do you want to do variant covers? And I'm like, oh, I don't. Uh, Chris Schweitzer, he's he, er, is Erica might oh, be one. Like the only people I know, right? But they're like, oh, uh, we got James Stoko. <laughs> we got James what the Stoko. Fuck? Oh, yeah. Dude, and I'm like, I'm like, what's that? And they're like, "Oh, we got um, we got Fabio Moon to do one. Holy Christ! We got Tyler Crook to do one, and I'm like, I didn't know I could ask for any. I didn't right. know I could say just like any name, <laughs> uh, which is something like, I guess because I for I've always had to find my own fairy covers. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just did. I had a my first, I guess, major Marvel thing. I did a, a story in Thanos Death Notes, mm-hmm. and uh, they asked me if I wanted to do Thanos, and I was like, shh." who doesn't love Thanos yeah, yeah. so here's the thing with this Thanos book uh <laughs> is I didn't know I could get Ron Lim to draw it I didn't know I could ask for anyone the end of that story just splice those <laughs> together that's why nothing three. else
0: happened nothing it else is said great. don't
2: worry about it um uh, there's a Master lot of good school ver- in the book <laughs> yeah there's a lot of good there's a lot of good variant covers for that book um and then we started talking about a specific character in where monsters lie who who has lost the urge to kill and sort of where his place is going to be, not only in this community, but now that terrible things like danger is is going to um, descend on this sound. Like if you're the guy, and the deal that Fuckmaster was that he he became fixated with lawn care, mm-hmm. as like each tiny grass clipping or each trimming of a rose bush is is a type of stabbing. Um, right. It's fulfilling the same needs um, of like where that's going to lead him in the story. And as I said, I think you'll really like the Fuckmaster journey. I I, I I think the characters are introduced, I think all the characters are introduced pretty well. Um, the Chucky character is a, is, is a girl and his name is Frankie Rubberdick. <laughs> I don't know if he gets a lot of time in the first issue, but he gets more. Um, I, a lot of characters are introduced and I, I really like to think I did. It's like people can go, oh man, I wonder what's up with these uh, cannibal hillbillies. I wonder what's gonna, their deal is gonna be, or right. you know, Richard the Clown wants a flamethrower. Like why does Richard the Clown want a flamethrower? um you know why well, what what happened to Wyatt's murder family Why, like he's obviously older but where's Mrs. murder family and, and yeah that's what is, I
0: was talking about the first yeah. issue has all those questions it's 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 amazing it's like i want you know four or five more series of each character really like a spin off
2: yeah i mean you know i i'd like to think um i, I we you know we talked to we talked to entertainment people and you know let's hope this is one of the things like i'm manifesting about in the world but i was like you know you guys should try to sell this to Shudder because Shudder could could make mm-hmm. this and then go, and here's the Daniel Dawson movie. Here's the Baffle Mud movie. Right. Here's here's you know what I mean? Here's the Frankie Rubber Dick movie. <laughs> and they it would give them access to the characters that they don't have access to mm-hmm. to make those types of movies that are familiar, but it's like in a universe, it's their own. It's the Shudder monster universe, right? Right. And to me, as a horror fan, not just the owner and proprietor of this license, but as a horror fan, I'm like, you know what? That's kind of cool. Because, oh yeah you know I, I think i mentioned like in fear street there's like a character who's wearing like a burlap bag and i don't know, he's a skyler or something. i can't remember but i remember seeing that and going oh i want to see that guy's movie you know what i mean because i love slasher movies yeah right. like, oh, i want to see that i want to see that guy's movie it's like oh that guy looks like a marshmallow i don't know i can't <laughs> i want to see the marshmallow guy's movie right uh so like, i think that'd be really exciting Dude, that stuff doesn't happen um but it does seem like it'd be a good deal for everyone involved. Shudder. Wink, it wink. should
0: yeah. happen. Yeah. Shudder. We know you're listening and you should just, so and... but
2: even if it's just, even if it's just this one comment, cause I think you kind of like, you know, like presumably what fuck master was doing before he came here and just started mowing his lawn all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, you know, he was out killing co-eds or something, right?
3: Yeah. So he it's was all, a like, porn star, that,
2: clearly. A porn star. Yeah. <laughs> fuck I do Yeah. That's not what the fuck means. He's <laughs> fucking him up. Is what that means. Uh, <laughs> Uh, like you know, the, you've seen like clown. I mean, like, you've seen it, so it's like you know where they come from. So if it yeah. never happened I think you still sort of get like, oh, this is the conclusion. Well, maybe not, not all, but a lot of people die. There's a lot of dead people. Spoilers: a lot of dead people. Uh, <laughs> Which you so, would yeah, expect from a they, book like this.
0: A lot of dead yeah, people. Yeah,
2: I, I hope you are expecting it. You know, I did I did something similar with Assassination, where I think, you know, because it's a four issue series right um none of these characters not a single one of these characters good guy bad guy likable and likeable, needs to walk out of this book right that if it's if it benefits the story they're going to die mm-hmm. if it benefits the story they're going to live and i as a reader i love that and that's i really like the sort of new paradigm with comics of six issues five issues out because mm-hmm. i've always been a, i've always been a beginning middle end guy i always have been and that's how i like tell a story and that's what this is if if it suits the story they die I, right. who's your favorite don't like them too much you know what i mean like because <laughs> i can't make any promises and it's a horror it's a horror comic like people die in people horror. die <laughs> yeah um but that being said i do i would like to make a bad sequel uh with whomever may survive if anyone oh, yeah. uh question mark <laughs> yeah but i think even if it's just this one book i think you'll you'll go i get it i i like i i can tell where these characters have been i can tell where they're maybe going um i like the time i spent with all of them. Uh, no matter how grotesquely evil they might've been mm-hmm. uh, are, you know, blinded by vengeance. They might've been. Um, I think there, I think it's a good time. I think it's a great fun comic. And, and that's, that's all I endeavor to do is make something entertaining uh, for the people to read. To make right. something entertaining to be read. Right. Um, hopefully, and I think I did not
1: Hopefully you understand that us being so excited for potential sequels and spinoffs is because we loved the first issue so much
2: yeah <laughs> that's what we like to hear i think it's a good first i, I think hey third issue is really good i think second issue, <laughs> third issue is like hey i did it i did it man i did it
0: well yeah it's like it's like uh, the ending will be satisfying i'm i'm excited to read the end but like yeah. i'm really excited about the journey that we get to see with all these characters like it's like every individual villain is so unique and yeah. different you're just like i want to see how each of them kills something yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's gonna be so rad
2: yeah i think you guys i think if that i hope everyone i hope everyone who reads it feels that way and i think they will because i think that's how story works right i mean right, i think yeah. like that's how i see it like oh my god 10 people like it 20 people will like it right so mm-hmm. i hope that 10 people who read it and like it tell 10 more people because again that's the way we get the word out about these things no one just knows things no one just knows like where monster life first issue is good you know according to you two guys right until you tell them right mm-hmm.
3: um and we're so gonna yeah, tell I, everyone I,
2: yeah, tell everyone, and I hope they tell everyone if they enjoyed it. Because I think, again, I I, I want to make things that feel unique. I my first comic was a wrestling comic because th- I knew the only way I would finish it if it was something that interested me that mm-hmm. I thought needed to exist. And this was ten years ago. There weren't wrestling comics, then now there's a bunch of them. But they like oh man, that's very niche. That's what I learned. it's like this is very niche. This is very very niche. And a lot of people don't want to read it because it's a wrestling comic, right? And I but I feel like this. I feel like I hate this place. I feel like honestly, I feel like six sidekicks of Trigger Keaton. Mm-hmm. is that I'm, I'm still trying to keep this. Look at this as an idea you probably haven't seen before, but everyone will like it. I think everyone will like it because it's going to have something for everybody. Even mm-hmm. if you don't like horror, you'll like it. I think if you hate horror, you won't like it. If you hate horror <laughs> movies, you won't like it. But uh, I think see, if I you don't like know. I think it's I think written like well enough fun... where
0: it's like, it doesn't pin itself to a certain genre. I think if people <laughs> like good writing, they're going to like this book. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I wouldn't phrase it that way. <laughs> no, I'm glad you did. Uh, i appreciate that but i do think i think there's something for everyone so i really feel like those three books um i think they i'm trying to like I said, i'm trying to make stories for everybody i'm not just mm-hmm. trying to make it for one select group, but i'm really endeavoring for a way to find like the things that just interest me and to make them broader but still maintain all of the necessary story bits to be good um so that's where we're at we're just trying to get the word out and i hope people do and this is my first dark Horse book so the better it does the more likely <laughs> i would do more dark horse stuff i really liked working with them um from an editorial standpoint, which yeah. is very important to to me as a creator, as editorial, um, and how much they help or hinder, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I really liked it. I'd like to do another one of these. I think I'm almost definitely doing one more series with them, but I'd like to do more monsters of light again. I'd like to do two arcs. I made three arcs. I'd like for it to, to be a horror franchise, you know, yeah. a yeah. weird where
0: monsters lie verse or whatever. Like <laughs> these characters are so fleshed out that you know, yeah, they need their story told. Kyle. Yeah, that's
2: what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Let's tell these stories.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, well, thanks for joining us, um, guys. Go pre-order it now. January 9th you said, is the end of the FOC final
2: order cutoff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So get out there, buy multiple copies. Uh, it's out February first, I believe.
2: The, the one of the first three days. I can't remember. That's the very <laughs> first, beginning of first February.
0: Wednesday in February.
2: Yes, for sure. Her monsters yes.
0: lie by dark horse will be on the shelves. Pick up a handful of copies. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah, thanks for pleasure. having
2: me. Enjoy splicing all three of these videos together. <laughs> <It> sounds great. <laughs> Seamlessly. It'll be seamless, I'm sure.
0: Through the magic of podcasting, it'll seem like one giant recording. Yeah.
2: I love it. Awesome.
0: <laughs> but anyway, thanks again for joining us. And we Yeah, will... thanks
2: for having me. I really appreciate yeah. it.
0: And we're back. What I tell you, what a great interview. And you can't even tell, it's three separate recordings spliced together. Because I'm a dipshit, mm-hmm. and I don't know how Zoom works.
1: If you didn't say it, then they wouldn't know. I think they would have. We nah. So
0: on the on the third and final recording, uh, I forgot to hit record. We both forgot. I'm not going to let you take the fall for and this. And he was telling us some really cool stuff. And then like midway through, <laughs> we just had to hit the record button. And we did this like cliff notes version of everything we had talked about for about 10 minutes and it was probably the funniest thing we've had to do in a long time because we're very professional very professional it was a little embarrassing but he rolled with the punches but uh again thanks kyle starks for coming on to the show to talk about where monsters lie out on dark horse go pre-order it now some incredible variant artists yeah that he told us about so um
1: and and legit,
0: the book is good.
1: It's like, so fucking we're not, good. We're not just saying it because we got the guy who wrote it on the show. And
0: we're probably gonna cover it again when the first issue comes out in February because it was that fucking awesome. It really
1: was. I'm I'm excited to see Mike D's opinion. Yes. If it gets three thumbs up,
0: it then it's a certified first issue club banger. Yeah. Exactly. As we all know, if it gets three thumbs, it's a first issue club pick.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so welcome.
0: I mean, I guess not welcome. You've been here for a while. Uh, I'm Greg. And I'm Vargas. And let's get into first issue club proper, where we talk about uh, a little bit of comic book news and a little bit of the comic books that we've read for the week. Uh, This section may be a little shorter because uh, Kyle Stark was so gracious to give us a lot of his time for the
1: interview. Um, So uh, anyway, Andy, how you doing? I'm good. Uh, Did you get anything exciting at the shop this week? Uh no so I don't
0: really go to the shop anymore oh, yeah, cuz I have it all guy. pre-ordered online and That's emailed right. to me. So I got my second print of Briar number 1. And so the That's interior legit. artist is doing like uh the covers for the second prints and they're all like monotoned individual covers and it has like the different character profiles on them.
1: They look like I don't know what the right word is if there's any like uh, medieval art historians in the audience—they'll probably be <laughs> correcting me—but it's like it's like one of those like engravings or whatever. Mm-hmm. It looks like a, almost a tapestry or tapestry is a great you know, reference, yeah. whatever. But it looks super legit.
0: Yeah, it's um. I was really happy. I've I told you I've been I've been buying more second prints lately because the covers have been uh better than the yeah first print. And I, I think it's just because we kind of touched on it that it's another opportunity to get uh either a double dip from a first print reader or another reader on yeah. because it's such an intriguing and striking cover that um i don't know i've been buying more second prints from the books and um i i i'm for it i'm for second print books having absolute slappers for definitely. covers
1: definitely uh second print thinking of second print variants always makes me think of uh, Spider-Man life story mm-hmm. that Chip Zdarsky did yeah. whatever it was two three years ago two years ago yeah um, and the the first prints were very striking colors you know every issue was basically a different color mm-hmm. right but then the second prints were white with the color from the first print as like the secondary color so instead of Spider-Man being in Spider-Man colors it was basically a white cover and Spider-Man, know, you know in a, yeah. in a single like monotone cover, whatever. I I want to go look that, him up.
0: I want to yeah. say that he also did the covers. He did. For them. Yeah, he did. So, a lot of people don't realize that that Chip Zdarsky, along with Kyle Stark, writes and draws really yeah. iconically.
1: And honestly, it offends me a little bit. <laughs> that, that they're so talented. That one person <laughs> can be so talented. Um, so yeah, Kyle. but do they
0: have successful podcasts? I don't think so. Yeah,
1: yeah. Can you podcast?
0: Take that, Chip
1: Sidarsky. <laughs> yeah. Take yeah, take that, Kyle Starks. <laughs> oh, I can draw and write a comic but book. But
0: please come onto our show whenever you want. Every single day. <laughs> it was great having you. Um the news is uh, the same as always around this time of year. People are giving their best sub, a lot of um holiday books, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the holiday themed Christmas books. Um, we're no different. We're going to be doing our best of here pretty soon. And then Andy and I, I think, are going to be doing on the firstissueclub.com blog section, we have our uh, you know, like top five or top ten. I think we got to ten. Yeah, themed Christmas books that was honestly a lot of fun to um, research and try to find the ones that we've enjoyed.
1: Yeah, the list isn't just Klaus ten times. So, <laughs> Although... it. it it, it it has earned it. Obviously Klaus makes the <laughs> list. Yeah. It's is, Grant is, Morrison.
0: Is, is Klaus the only holiday themed book Grant Morrison has done?
1: I mean he did all the other Klaus sequels. Does that
0: You k- know what I mean? <laughs> outside the Klaus verse.
1: Uh as the resident Grant Morrison expert, I'm embarrassed to say that I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, you
0: should be embarrassed because I I go to you for the info on I know, this.
1: I know. I'm sorry. That's okay. So
0: yeah, no real news. Um, I know that Marvel and DC dropped their solicits. We're not really that kind of show that goes through the solicits or, you know.
1: Except for now. Get ready. Yeah. <laughs> this
0: episode is six hours long. Um, So I, I don't really have anything that stand out much. Uh, you saw the new variant for Batman.
1: Yeah, uh, Quesada's re- doing Batman variants and apparently <laughs> number 133 is going to be his third variant cover. Mm-hmm. So presumably 130 would be... The first variant you cover. Would th- logic but, dictates, but I don't know. Um, kind of cool. He was Marvel's uh, chief creative officer up until this year, mm-hmm, which shocked us both. Shocked us both. Yep. Um, so that's cool. He always does absolute gorgeous art. Mm-hmm. I really like his stuff. So if you're into the Dark Knight or Mister Quesada, Joey, I think as we as we call as him. we call him here, Well, we're
0: friends. Don't call him Joey. <laughs>
1: Uh yeah, go pick up. I don't his, uh, I don't did he didn't leave Marvel on bad terms, did he? I can't imagine that he did, but also I don't know. Yeah. I we'll mean, ask him next time at the bar.
0: Yeah, <laughs> when we see Joey at Applebee's, we'll <laughs> press him with these questions. I was just I was just wondering because like this didn't seem like a a petty move for him to be like no. Oh, you, you're gonna get rid of the. You're gonna get rid of Joey. Well, I'm gonna go right over to DC and do some variant covers. For no, them. man, I'm
1: sure DC's just throwing money at him. Nobody money.
0: puts Joey in a corner.
1: <laughs> get paid. That's what I say. Honestly,
0: go it. Go for it, Joey. Yeah. Um. What else came out? Oh, the Batman
1: Spawn thing came out. hmm mm-hmm. Um. Okay. I haven't read it yet. I haven't either. Um. It is a one-shot. I'll say that. Oh, so
0: I did not know that.
1: Which is good. Um, I heard, (laughs) little comic shop news, I heard a rumor, Mm -hmm. so this was published by DC, this Batman Spawn. Sure. I heard a rumor that Image is going to be publishing Spawn Batman. Oh no, that's interesting. As like a companion one shot to this, which I'd obviously be very interested in Mm -hmm. picking up as well. And this
0: is also a spin out from the Frank Miller and Todd McFarlane Correct. Batman versus uh, Spawn that came out like 20 years ago Yeah, War Devil. Yeah. So um
1: and I, and they're doing a reprint of that the the one from the 90s with the one shot included as a, like a deluxe edition. So
0: Oh, so there's like a regular and then there's like a deluxe with the yeah. story that came before it. Uh-huh. Whoa. How much is the, the deluxe going? I for?
1: don't know. I know it's a hardcover. So Holy shit. Okay, never mind. It's not a... So it's not
0: like $8. It's yeah, like, no, it's probably gonna, like 25 Yeah, it's
1: probably... Yeah, well, it's probably gonna be like $40. <laughs> let us be real. Christ,
0: fuck that. No, thank you. Okay, so uh, we might do a review of that on the blog.
1: Yeah, if it's good. I, I haven't read it yet. I'm, I'm, sure, it's I'm sure it's good. I'm sure it's good. I'm sure it's good.
0: I think it's like... I think Batman vs. Spawn is a lot like an action movie in the 90s or any like yeah. blockbuster. Like, it's too ridiculous not to succeed even if it's bad it's still good yeah because it's just two iconic characters just beating the shit out of each other and like trying to
1: coexist in the same room it's robocop versus terminator right right which we haven't (laughs) seen right oh they made not only a video game but the comic book they made a video game of that yeah man i had it for game gear i had no idea yeah it's legit you play as robocop that should be a movie it's tell me about it
0: yeah it was, and you said it was a comic. It
1: was a comic. God damn it! Now I need to go find that. Apparently, Frank Miller wrote a lot of Terminator comics and RoboCop.
3: Too, I didn't know that back in the day. I just wrote the
1: original that. screenplay for RoboCop 2, If you didn't know that, Frank Miller did. Yeah. What the fuck? See, this is why I'm on the show. Yeah. All the bullshit knowledge well, that's roaming around. I just around found around out
0: that Howard Shankin did a bunch of Shadow mm-hmm. issues, and so I bought those up to read those. So it's just it just proves folks don't count anyone out or corner anyone in a, a, a writing style because they can do anything. That's right. Don't put them in a box. <laughs> Don't put them in a box. Unless they asked for it, then go ahead and put them in a box. <laughs> uh, let's get on to the reviews.
1: Yeah. What would you read this week?
0: I read Danger Street by Tom King, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then I also read um, uh, Night Club, the Mark Millar or yep. Mark Miller uh-huh. book. Um. Both were great for different reasons. Excellent. Uh, so, I'll do nightclub first. That's the Mark Millar, or Mil- I don't know if it's
1: Millar or Miller. I've heard both. It's M I L L A R. Right. So Mark, next time we're at Applebee's, next to Joey. <laughs> next to Joey, tell us how to pronounce yeah. your name. I assume it's Millar, but until I'm corrected, okay,
0: I'm just gonna keep saying it that way. That's I've I said. James Tianyan's name wrong for years. It's
1: pronounced Tiny Onion. Tiny
0: Onion. <laughs> <laughs> Phonetically, it's Tiny Onion. Yeah. <laughs> it's an old Greek name.
1: Meaning, small
0: onion. Meaning, smallish onion. <laughs> um, It was really good. I mean, uh, I, Mark Millar's one of those writers that you either like him or you don't. That's what it's come down to.
1: But who... Are there people out there... I'm legitimately asking. Mm-hmm. Are there people out there that are like... Yeah, uh, Secret Service sucks. I didn't like Wanted. There are really there's a yeah. The, I I think they're
0: pretentious. Like they're like upper crust. Like
1: uh, they, they only read people. concrete. Like
0: okay, don't fucking I'm bring concrete knocking, into this. I'm not knocking concrete. Paul Chadwick <laughs> didn't ask to be put into this fight.
1: <laughs> I'm not knocking concrete, but it just seems like those those yeah. are the people that like turn their nose up. Yeah, and, I mean
0: like his Mark Millar he writes very um appealing stories that reach a wide audience that's why people How dare he Listen <laughs> it's the same people that probably brag about A24 films you know what i mean like if it's yeah. too successful i don't like it Okay yeah, but yeah, yeah I believe they're called hipsters Got it yeah yeah And you know um it was really good about, it was about a kid that suddenly becomes a vampire and him discovering all the shit that happens with that and then there's like other vampires that want to hurt him it's just like a it's a coming of age story but you're a vampire not much not much to it but like it's fun it's like it's kind of like kick-ass or like secret service or anything shit like that like sharky it's like yeah it's a fun whimsical story that mark millar has written that's set in a different time or universe
1: and uh, a good point for this book issue one is a dollar ninety nine
0: yes it's um I don't know if the rest of the issues are. They might be.
1: I don't know, but I got to the checkout counter and I was like, "Oh, saving a buck."
0: It's great because, like, we've talked about how comic book prices have been rising for years now, yeah. And to see that happen, uh, I, I just wish you'd become more popular across the um, industry.
1: Well, we talked about that with Kyle, <laughs> yeah,
3: right?
0: We, did. we keep about how we bring
1: Kyle back up how. Uh, comic books aren't an impulse purchase anymore Mm -hmm. you you i mean actually that conversation is on the patreon oh yeah that's right that's the patreon exclusive interview part well we talked about that a little bit go subscribe to the patreon if you want to hear the full story but (laughs) yeah you know four bucks three bucks isn't something you can really like Mm -mm. on a whim no
0: spend yeah you're not i mean like really it's now 4.99 yeah that's like that's the standard so you can't on a whim spend five bucks on a comic anymore like yeah. that's that's legitimately you have to check your bank account well to see if you can go on a whim
1: yeah unless you're one of us and you're like oh that covers interesting or i know that writer or mm-hmm. whatever i'm thinking of folks like my brother mm-hmm. who has he's got a passing interest in comic books sure he's you know he'll read a book mm-hmm. but if he sees a five dollar comic he's absolutely going to Right past it. Right,
0: he's not gonna take the gamble on it because he has no idea. Yeah, who or what is in it, or who? Yeah, who did it? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's why I think people are leaning more towards trades and mm-hmm. you know original graphic novels. You get more bang for your buck. There's less of a downfall of you know if I buy this thing for fifteen dollars, you know if I don't like it, at least I didn't get cheaped out on yeah. a thirty-two page book.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, I mean, I get it, and it's a bummer, and hopefully the market corrects itself, but I don't think it will because people keep paying it, and so there's no real need for them to yeah, lower the price unless, you know, Mark Millar keeps doing his thing and keeps lowering the price.
1: Well, this is your call to email your boss. <laughs> and yeah. Right into your governor. Yeah, and say you need minimum $20 a month more mm-hmm. so that you can go buy comics. See,
0: I know what will fuel this economy, Mr. Governor or Mrs. Governor. Uh, make comic books cheaper. Yeah. That's what will get us out of the recession. That'll do it. Cheap sure. pieces of paper with pictures on them.
1: Or you know what? Actually, mm-hmm. keep comics the same price and just subsidize comic books. Government subsidize comics. Make them. I want to be able to write them off of my taxes. Now, there's an idea. Yeah.
0: I'm helping the paper industry, mm-hmm. the printing industry. Mm-hmm. I am helping out local creators and global creators. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am, you know, I'm like UNICEF. I'm like, yeah. you know, uh, I'm a uh, an entity in my itself of um, I'm supplying money to multiple industries. Yeah, I'm a
1: fucking godsend. Yeah, really? I want to write these off on my taxes. For sure. <laughs> Actually, is it a business expense for us? We'll discuss that later. We'll, yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: Off air so we can't be sued or audited one one or the other. Probably both. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let the feds decide that. Uh, and Danger Street is, um, okay, so this one's a little more complicated. Tom King teased up Danger Street um, a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I want to say, I hate saying this, but I think it was like mid-COVID. Maybe. It was, yeah. it was teased of like, he was going to do this book called Danger Street. And what it is essentially is back in the 70s, uh, 60s or 70s, a series of books on DC called First Issue Special were created. And in those books, you got things like Manhunter or Lady Cop or The Green Team or The Dingbats. And what that it basically was just like these small little books.
1: <laughs> sounds like, God damn it, I knew it. It sounds like a festival. Like a hipster music festival. Yeah, it sounds like a jam band festival. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you see the the, the
0: Dingbats and Lady Cup are going to be playing? Holy Danger shit. Danger Fest? <laughs> and basically, what these books were is these like small little one off vignettes of um, stories about these characters that, you know, like they started in. they were the main headliner of these books. So yeah. you had like you know, first issue special Lady Cop and, like, Manhunter and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And it's just, um they didn't go anywhere, though. It was just, like, a a, a, a blip in time that these yeah. books existed and then nothing. I think the, the one that's maybe lasted the most is, like, the Creeper went on to do stuff with Batman. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe Manhunter was with the new gods. Like, there was yeah. some fluctuation and some characters went somewhere, but, like, no one ever saw it the dingbats or a lady cop come out. Right. Anywhere else it's like it was a very I don't know, gamble that this sure that DC did with this. And so what Tom King has decided to do was to he's not like revamping the characters, but he's definitely using them again in his play box to tie them all together.
1: That's in, cool. Into yeah.
0: one I don't know, not universe, but like into one area. And so you have like Manhunter and the Creeper, who are definitely more supernatural and superhero, mixing it up with Lady Cop, who I mean, as the name applies, it's a female police officer. (gasps) What? That I mean, like, is the silliest name I think in all comic books is someone actually greenlit a book called Lady Cop, and it's it's addressed in the book too. They're just like she was like, "Do not call me Lady Cop, and do not touch me." Right.
1: It was like. (laughs) It
0: was so funny how Tom King addressed that, but to see, I don't know, it's kind of a nice nod to the history of DC and its books and its titles of Tom King just kind of, I don't know, he's like, he's having a lot of fun mixing it up with these characters and having them interact. So um, even if you don't know who these characters are,
1: you're still going to enjoy the book. Dude. Yeah. Anything Tom King writes, if it's going to be a weird DC character, Mm -hmm it's going to have nine panel grids somebody's going to be sad and it's going to fucking rule yeah like you didn't know anything about human target when, oh no when but when it came out it's insane that book is
0: so good and one. super is horny and sexy like
1: man Oh, yeah
0: there's a, <laughs> a lot going on there that is fun to read uh i think it is okay so i think human target is the initial series is over but is it getting like another one for some reason, I thought there was like, or maybe like an annual or something's coming out. Where they did an
1: annual. They did okay. Tales of the Human Target. That's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah.
0: yeah. But it's so good. And Greg Smallwood, holy shit. Yeah. Dude can draw anything and I'll buy it. Yep. And but then um, yeah. Danger Street is. Danger Street. It's, it's going to be good time. equally good. Yeah. And like, it's, yeah, it's, it's just fun. Tom King playing around in the DC sandbox of characters that no one gives a shit about. And if you do say that you do give a shit about them, you're lying and you're just being a contrarian.
1: You're you're trying to get your 6.5 slabbed lady cop number 1 yep. up, in value, up in value and it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's just not going to work. Uh who's doing the art on Danger Street? I um, should have Yeah, let me pull uh, up. prep to you for that. No, you're fine. I just put my phone away so of course you would ask it. Uh Jorge
0: Fornez is the artist. It looks great. Colorist is Dave Stewart, which he's done a ton of stuff with uh, Mike Magnola for his BPRD series.
1: I was really concerned because I saw Stewart on the cover and I was like, that's not Cameron Stewart, right?
0: No, 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 no. (laughs) Nope, it's Dave. Yeah.
1: Just to put everyone's
0: fears (laughs) Mr. Dave Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. Good to see you. It's the good Stewart. So, yeah, those are the two books I read uh, in between my preparation for the Kyle Starks interview.
1: Uh, well, you did twice as good as me. I only read one <laughs> book. Um, I have both, uh, is it not, it's nightclub, right? nightclub,
0: nightclub and Club. danger street.
1: I've got both those in my to read pile. Um, as well as the one you read for the blog, vicious circle. A vicious
0: circle. Yeah. We did a, uh, a blog entry for, or for a vicious circle and it is, holy crap. It is so, so
1: good. Yeah. I've got all those in my to-read pile. The one I did manage to read was uh, Jerry Dugan's Iron Man. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea that Jerry was doing the next Iron Man. Yeah. Um, What's exciting to me about this book is that it seems like he's trying to take away... He's playing to the Iron Man theme of without the Iron Man suit, he would still be Iron Man. Right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's That's what makes good Iron Man stories good. Right. Yeah. Is Tony Stark is more than the suit. Tony Stark is more than the suit. Well, what Jerry's doing in this first issue is kind of taking away Tony's support structures mm-hmm. kind of across the board. Okay. So he's taken away his money. I won't get into the reasons why. That's why you need to read the book. But <laughs> taxes. <laughs> yeah. We'll assume taxes. Yeah. He's taking away Tony's money. Bitcoin. Uh <laughs> yeah. He bought a lot of NFTs. Uh, <laughs> so many <laughs> bored monkeys or bored <laughs> apes or whatever uh he did not just if anybody yeah he did not buy any nfts um but he also gets tony back to a place where he's not okay mentally mm. and okay. on top of that it's i don't i don't know if this is actually going to play out or whatever but th- at the end of the book he comes out of a bar and is like throwing up in the street so is he going to become an alcoholic again mm. or is it just because somebody's filming it right is it is he just trying to get the perception the public perception right. whatever and of course it remains to be seen who's the bad guy behind this who's destroying tony's life or is it just bad circumstances on sure you know, t- tony's part
0: just like uh yeah because um so you're saying that the, the story could be like someone's framing him or setting him up to make him look less appealing for, as a superhero or just to ruin his life in general. That's where I think it's for some personal going. vendetta.
1: That's where I think it's going. Okay. Because part of the reason he gets his money taken away, whatever, um, there is a death that isn't directly due to Tony, but he is involved in it. So like from like a botched rescue or just like, yeah, something. Yeah. Like he's, he's not framed for a murder, but mm-hmm. he's involved enough that it kind of ruins his life. Okay. And there's a fight with the Iron Man suit and something else happens and it's kind of the same thing and then you get that bar thing at the end. So it's like is somebody planting these seeds you right. know, some some sort is
0: systematically some... trying to ruin yeah him
1: which is which is very cool to me. They, um, it's it's the best kind of like superhero story. it's it's the reason like stuff like Superman works. Mm-hmm. Where you can't beat Superman as Superman, that's not the point of Superman. Right. You have to beat Superman as Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. Same when, thing with Iron Man. When he's
0: most vulnerable?
1: Yeah. 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 You have to take away his his strength, is Tony Stark. Right. You have to strip that stuff away. Well,
0: because so. like yeah, because Tony Stark has the same kind of problem as Reed Richards. Like Tony and Reed are brilliant. Right. And they're also super wealthy, but they're both hanging on by a fucking thread mentally yeah and so the you're right the main way to defeat them or to make them slip is to sever that tie between themselves and their sanity yeah and that's how you that's their Achilles heel
1: yeah like, you have to identify the thing that right that grounds them
0: right because then they have just the worst case of the yips and it's just <laughs> downhill from there couple on to or I guess stacked on to Tony's previous substance abuse issues like it would be easy to paint a picture of him off the wagon or unstable so that you know yeah people would second guess him being the superhero exactly okay that's a, that's awesome I Jerry Duggan is an incredible writer he did X-men and I guess is still is he like the uh-huh. editor of the x-men
1: stuff he's writing the mainline title he, he's writing the mainline yeah. title X-Men. or um
0: Who's uh I forget who's like the the main X Men editor, but it's it's, it's gone now. It doesn't really matter. But couldn't tell you.
1: That's fine. I didn't ask you to. Sorry. <laughs> but Iron Man's very good. Um, I told Greg because uh, I'm a simp for variant covers. Mm-hmm. They're doing a whole series of oh, yeah. Hall of Armor variants. So if you have any interest in you know, a big wall piece of all the Iron Man. Did they say armors? how many they're doing? I think they're only doing like six. Okay. Six covers. I am interested to see how they're
0: all connected. Cause like when you think connecting cover, it's like a straight linear line, you know? But, um, yeah. And I see like the suits are like stacked up on one another, but like, is one cover going to be horizontal instead of vertical or like uh, other way around? Or like, does, does, number two stack on top of number one in the puzzle piece of it all or maybe so be kind of cool to like put that on a wall or something oh it'd be super legit and (laughs) that is what I will be doing (laughs) that's wall worthy baby
1: yeah so great that's going on my world yeah well that's it yep but we
0: uh we we did a lot of research for the Kyle Stark interview um, and so these
1: were the books that we were able to get in uh, around that Yep. Thanks again to Kyle. It was great having you. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking forward to seeing not only how where monsters lie uh, continues and wraps up, but all your projects in the future.
0: Yeah, he well, he teed up a secret project that he's doing, but he wouldn't spill the beans. That son of a bitch. It's uh, it's on dark horse, but he won't say what it is. He says it's career. It's the, the biggest thing in his career. We'll
1: have to maybe get him back on when that launches. Yeah,
0: I'll have to upgrade to premium Zoom. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> So I don't keep cutting out on them. But anyway, thanks for joining us this week, guys. As always, find us over on the Patreon or Twitter. We also have a Discord. Check the blog section at firstissueclub.com. we got a bunch of reviews coming out. Andy and I have really blossomed there. Our our creative wheels and our brains have started turning once again. So we'll have more stuff in that section
1: of the website. Our reviews are equally good to the comics we're reviewing. If not better yeah they definitely comparably are, yeah. the same yeah definitely they're
0: better for and sure and for all you people that don't like to read we have a nice handy rating at the bottom yeah <laughs> yeah exactly because <laughs> uh, we all know how uh, much of a pain reading can be um, anyway enjoy this nice December season where a lot of people who uh, celebrate different religious holidays do that at this time and if you don't celebrate those holidays hopefully you get a gift anyway um, until next week remember to bag and board em and see you later
2: First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy and Greg Wittite Follow us on social media at First Issue Club and check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash firstissueclub